subject that woke me up was rejoice. Rejoice. And uh, I looked and about, first of all, it's in the Bible quite a bit, as you might think, rejoice, rejoicing, rejoiced, past tense. Uh, but there's one particular usage of it that it actually means to jump with joy. <laughs> uh, to be exceedingly joyful. Glad and joyful. As I began to ponder that and subject and, and, and studying the subject, uh, I thought of this verse and uh, was led to it, we trust, and would like to use it as our uh, anchor point. It's in the 16th Psalms. I remember I have tried to preach on this maybe one, at least once, maybe twice, uh, and at least once here, I know. The reason I remember that is I through the week, when this is, the, if you have your Bibles, there's the sixth verse. And I'm going to read it in just a second, but Psalm 16 and 6. Uh, I called brother, brother Bill Walden, Elder Bill Walden, as I often did. It was peculiar. I always was more uh, careful with his time than he was with his time. <laughs> and uh, I would not you know, want to ask him my questions or discuss or whatever and then and then let him rest or let him, and you know, a lot of times an hour and a half later, uh, he I guess we probably need to go. I yeah, I think I think we do, yeah. Uh, but I remember uh, discussion, a little bit of the discussion. So here's the verse sixteen and six of Psalms. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. The lines, plural, the lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have. A goodly heritage. My little bit of understanding on this is that it's as a surveyor. When they are surveying, laying out property lines or laying out uh, elevations or whatever they might do. Uh, rarely uh, do you build a house or uh, even buy a house that's on land, uh, rarely do you do that without knowing where the boundaries are. Uh, you might make the assumption that they're where the fences are. Uh, on my place, if you do that, you'd be wrong. <laughs> I didn't want to fence all that. <laughs> and Brother Tom uh, was so kind in um, what he allowed us to do and so uh, maybe half or 40% of the place is unfenced and it's in his fences and, and he, uh, a little bit that it helps. I, 
Uh, my property does run to the middle of that tank, and I didn't know how to put a fence across that anyway. So I think this is talking about the church. Church. The Lord has established her boundaries. Fact of the matter, we are instructed to walk about Zion and mark by the way, that's an accounting term. It actually means to count. Mark the towers thereof. Consider her bulwarks that ye may tell it to the generation following. Every service, if God be in it, it is a walkabout, if I can use that term. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. So if a man is preaching truth, he's walking about Zion to do so. I think the towers are the various doctrines that help identify the church. That and her practices, my friends, are the identifying marks of what the church is. We hadn't always been known as primitive Baptists. You don't find that word in Scripture. But what you do find are what they believed, how they practiced. You find that it was the Lord that delivered, once delivered the faith unto the saints. The Lord set up his kingdom once, and it's never been set up again. What it has done is flowed from place to place to place, often driven by persecution. You can see what happens in the book of Acts, my friends, when they began to uh, kill, uh, beginning with Stephen, and then with James. And for fear of death, the Bible tells us that all that was left in Jerusalem were the apostles. And the church went. In this country of the United States, Brother Scott Curran and I went to a place in North Carolina that was known as the oldest church in North Carolina. And during the days of the Revolutionary War, after the church had gotten down to like 20 members or so, and the Lord blessed them with such an ingathering that in a short period of time, less than just a few years, it had grown to over a hundred, hundred and twenty, whatever. But that the British troops came in and burned houses and uh, burned crops and uh, things along that line of the members of the area, including where the members were, and they went. And where'd they go? Alabama, Tennessee, Mississippi. 
And a majority of those churches, my friends, if they were able to trace back their, their roots far enough back, they'd see in most likelihood it came from that particular church. First of all, it comes from Christ. We understand that. But as you go to different parts of the country, you'll find that there's differences in, in the various primitive Baptist churches. There are. It's not a regimented thing that we have among us. We're not robots. It's not something that we're drilled at like uh, in the military or marching and so forth. We song, uh, we're marching to Zion. But my friends, it's not uh, where there's a drill sergeant. There's no drill sergeant in the, in, in the church of God. But there's some things, my friends, that are the same. And those are the important things. And it's what we believe and the various practices that do relate back to the ordinances of the church. We well, hear David is saying that the lines, the kingdom, if you would, I didn't lay it out. David didn't lay it out. But they have fallen, he says. Unto me. In pleasant. Places. Scriptures say if I can get it. I have. I have been young and now I'm old. But one thing I have not seen. Is his children forsaken. Or begging bread. My friends we have. In your lifetimes and in my lifetimes. Some of the members here have not been members. Uh, five years, ten years, twenty years. Some have been members. And Brother Curtis was here and Brother George was here. and uh, I could go on. The Bakers and um, Sister Doris and go on. I could just mention... A house full. They've been members older than my I am. Not now, but I was back then. <laughs> Brother Jeb got up and at the association and he was just eaten up with the zeal of the house. And that's what I'm telling you. When people went in that pulpit, they were just they felt the responsibility of, of preaching the gospel in power and demonstration and it, it's over it's overcoming, it's overwhelming. One man, you're trembling of, uh, of doubt, and then, uh, uh, you know, five minutes later, you're, you're ready to take on whatever. But all of us, I trust. I, I, I've been a part of nothing, my friends, like the church. Beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. She's the bride of Christ. There's another one. She, my, there are three score queen and four score concubine, but my love, my dove, my undefiled, she is but one. And you identify her, my friends, by her lines, if you please. And all of our experiences, we'd have to say 
I trust that they have fallen unto us individually and I trust collectively in pleasant places. Has it always been pleasant? No. Has there ever been times when it was difficult to come to church? Yes. But thanks be unto God, my friends, that's not the pattern. That's not the way we look back over the years and says, oh, this has been such a struggle. <laughs> oh, it's been so hard to serve the Lord. Oh, I'd rather do this and I'd rather do that, but, you know, I've been browbeat or married somebody that would browbeat me or uh, the preacher would get up and browbeat me or whatever the case. No, my friend, no. It's to joy. Of the whole world. What I like to do is. Go some places in scripture. And see where that aspect is. Affirmed. And I'll tell you my friends. Language speaks one thing. Actions speak much louder. Listen to what the Lord says. Why call me Lord, Lord. And do not the things that I have commanded thee. I tell you, our, our actions speak much louder. That's for preaching too. Our actions speak much louder than just our words. Of all the things that the Jews would uh, boast in, what do you think the chief one was. I think it was that they were literally and could claim to be actually the children of Abraham. And they would quickly boast of that fact. That was one of the huge transitions, my friends, from law to grace. What do I mean by that? From the law service to the time of Christ's coming and to John the Baptist preparing the way before him and to the Lord going to the cross, completing the work that he was sent to do as the angel towards Joseph Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Not try to do it, not offer to do it. He shall do it, my friends. And when the Lord upon the cross cried out, It's finished. I declare unto you, that's a battle cry, my friends. It's declaring the end of the war. It's proclaiming the results of the battle. you want to talk about Armageddon, my friends, I believe it was right on the cross, right there. And the Lord won the battle. And to those that He died for, He made them more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But being an outward Jew, 
is really just a foretaste of what was to come. For we read that it's not being a Jew naturally, but being a Jew spiritually. Where the circumcision is not outward in the flesh, but inward in the heart. And we see as God moved across time, and as the persecution began on the church, and as the various patriarchs, my friends, began to go all the way, go the way of all the earth in death. And we see the flow of the church as it goes uh, away from the Jewish into the Gentiles, my friends. And that's what you and I are in Scripture, are referred to as Gentiles. Yet one of the hardest things for the Jews to understand is seeing spiritual sides of things instead of natural sides of things. There were multitudes that followed our Lord. Thousands upon thousands that followed. At one time He fed 5,000, my friends. But I'll tell you, one discord divided that. One discourse, my friends, Cause people to leave him in droves. To where at the time of his ascension, there was just 120 from thousands upon thousands. What was that? What was it that caused them to walk no more with him? That unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, eat my body, you can have no part with me. And they thought he was talking literal. And he said unto them, My words, their spirit, and their life. But they said it's a hard saying. Who can hear it? And they went away. The Lord turned to his disciples and said, Will ye go also? And they said, Master, where shall we go? Thou hast the words of life. He wasn't talking about his natural flesh or natural blood, my friends. He was talking about take the, uh, the, the, the substance of Christ, the teachings of Christ, the examples of Christ, and, and consume them as you would a meal. Bring them into you. Taste the sweetness there is in the truth. The nourishment there is in truth. The growing that there is, even as the food would allow a body to grow strong and the muscles strong and so forth. And finally, if we have done that naturally in our, in our lives, my friends, we get to the point that we start maturing more and more, both men and women, and we get to the point that we're to our height that we're going to be. You know what starts happening on the other side of that? I'm already doing it. We start stooping down towards the earth. My wife's been on me for a, a while. Sonny, put your, your shoulders back. In. And I, I'm, not, I'm doing that. And then I look in the mirror and I'm not. <laughs> I don't mean to do it. I don't do it on purpose. You know what? I'm not the only one doing it. <laughs> What's happening? 
as we grow old and as our body grows old, it starts bowing down as it is uh, to the earth. That dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. But I'll tell you, there's something about us, my friends, that doesn't do that. There's something about us inwardly, my friends, that's renewed day by day. There's something inward in us, my friends, that is fresh and it's vibrant. I remember Elder Newman. We called him Yule. Most of the church knew him as, as Jerry Newman, pastor for sale church for many years. Also, uh, another church in that area. And he got to where he was just so stooped over. Because of divisions and because of troubles and all that, we, we wouldn't use him. Finally, all of that started uh, going away and we could use him. But now, a brother, a, a Jerry, Brother Yule, was an old man. Had to help him into the pulpit at Rich Mountain Association as I was there moderating the services. Had to help him into the stand uh, for him to get behind the pulpit. And then he, hooked, he held on to it. we got to screw this thing down. Uh, we held on to it. I was sitting back over here where I could see him at full house. And as that man began to unfold other scriptures, start showing the house to the house, the lines have fallen unto me unto pleasant places. Start showing the house. I'll tell you, my friends, I saw him and his arch was, his back was arched and he was preaching, my friend, in power. And he had no idea he was doing that in his physical way. But I'll tell you, that inward man doesn't get old. Here's another way of looking at it. The Lord doesn't have grandchildren, my friends. He just has children. In every generation. And the work that He did in the Bible, my friends, when He set up His church, is the same work that He does today. He puts truth inward. And if you're Blessed to the point, my friends, where you're able to hear the gospel of your salvation. That that's inward begins to come outward. And when it does, my friends, it is glorious. You see her uh, not robed in, in flesh like we have here from a natural standpoint as a militant church, my friends. But you see her come together spiritually, my friends, as Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. Oh, what a beautiful sight it is. You know what we're seeing when that happens? It's the day of the Lord. Might be at nighttime, it's still the day of the Lord. My friends, when our Lord went up, after being here 40 some odd days. And he went up. And the people. The 120 that was on that mount. Gazed upward. Up in the heavens. They were told to wait. Until they be endued from on high. And they were. 
And the Lord took his seat on the right hand, my friends, and there he remains. Right now, there is literally a man called Christ Jesus, my friends, that is literally seated on God's right hand right now. The man, Christ Jesus, Scripture tells us. But when it pleases the Lord, we are able to see heavenly things, my friends. Let me read this one scripture and then move on. It's in the 8th chapter of John. And the Lord started talking a little bit about Abraham. Well, they, they brought it on to him first. We be children of Abraham. We're not born of fornication. We be children of Abraham. Lord said, your father Abraham <laughs> rejoiced. There's the word. That literally means to jump with joy. When do you think that might have been? Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it. And was glad. The Lord told Abraham. You take thy son. Thine only son. Abraham had more children than just the promised seed. But the Lord recognized that one. You see election there? <laughs> the Lord didn't recognize all this other. Didn't recognize what he laid with Ishmael and that that was born according to nature. Or his concubines or whatever. No, no, no. Sarah shall have thy son. Sarah should be. Uh, even though she was old. Never been able to bear children or conceive. Sarah shall conceive. You know what Sarah did? She laughed. You know who also laughed? Abraham laughed too. It says they both laughed in one place. A hundred year old man. A ninety plus year old woman. Conceiving and having a child. You couldn't say, my friends, that that was just a natural conception or birth, can you? That's the point. <laughs> it was a promise fulfilled that all the earth shall be blessed through that promised seed. Naturally, it was. That's where the Jewish nation sprung from. That's through that man, that one man, Isaac, had grandchildren, a twelve of them, my friends. And there's the twelve tribes of Israel. But the truth is not what... That's just an emblem of the truth. The truth of it, my friend, is a whole nation sprang out of that. And yet, that's not the whole truth. The whole truth, my friends, if you understand how that nation came into existence... If you understand the dealings that God had with Abraham, the fact that he, he, he promised and he confirmed that promise, told Abraham, go look at the stars. By the way, that was in the nighttime, I mean daytime. How, how are you going to see a stars in a When God tells you to look at stars, he's going to show you stars. The fact that it was daylight wasn't a problem for the Lord. 
Count them. What? Count? Yeah, count them. If that's not enough, consider the sands of the seashore. So shall thy seed be. Well, I got news for us. We understand this, but just to be reminded, I got news for us. The promised seed was really not Isaac, it's Christ. And the children of that are the elect family all across this world. But God told Abraham, this is an older Abraham. He was over a hundred when uh, uh, Isaac was born. And now Isaac is, is, is a teenager somewhere in that area. And the Lord tells him, you take him up to a mount. I'll show you. And you offer him there for me. I've seen that depicted in movies, haven't you? Where Abraham argued with the Lord. That he wrestled what he was going to do and what he was not going to do. That's not the truth. The Bible said he staggered not at the promise of God. Hebrews gives us more understanding. This is what he thought. I won't turn to read it. But this is what he thought. The Lord said this boy. There will be a seed out of this boy. That's more than the stars of the heaven. And this boy doesn't even have a child. He doesn't even have a wife. Therefore, God's promise has to be true. Therefore, if I slay him, God must bring him back to life to fulfill that promise. That's what he was thinking. Hebrews will tell you that. It won't take any more time than I've already taken on it except to say this. That there he was, there Abraham had, and just, just he and I, the, the men that came with him, they were, they were left behind. It was just he and Isaac as they went up that hill. Isaac says, Father, here's the altar, here's the wood, where's the sacrifice? Abraham told Isaac, the Lord himself, the Lord shall prepare himself. A sacrifice. You can take that one of two ways. And both ways are true. Either he himself is going to prepare it. Or he himself is going to be it. The sacrifice. And as he. I, I wonder what Isaac was thinking. The Bible doesn't say. As he picked that boy. Especially picking up a 14, 15 year old boy. Is no easy task. And then laying him on an altar. No easy task for a 70 year old. I don't think it'd be an easier task for a 100 year old. <laughs> but put him on that altar and bound him and took out his knife and would have plunged it right through his own son. But God said, Abraham, stay thy hand. And he looked, and there was a ram caught in its thicket. By its horns. That's the only power a ram has, my friends. And he did two things. And I believe as he was unstrapping or cutting or however he did it, the ties that had him bound 
I think he began to see the day of the Lord. And as he took that goat, my friends, and offered it instead, or that sheep and offered it instead, in, instead of his son, I think he saw the day of the Lord. And I think he was glad. Uh, you know what the Jews did when he said that? They started picking up stones and were getting ready to stone him, and he just walked right through it. Wasn't his time, Jesus. And they heard that. They were going to let him talk about that about Abraham. <laughs> I'm sure he's somebody else that saw it. You got time for that eternal Son of God to be made like unto sinful flesh. Didn't become sinful flesh. I don't care what movies would try to say or they try to imply that Christ, that John was actually a woman and he had married, uh, secretly married and, and, and had children and there's a lineage of What that is is Hollywood junk. That's what that is. Uh, might be some of the base stones of the Catholic faith, but it's still Hollywood junk, my friends. Mary needed a Savior just like you needed a Savior. We don't pray to Mary. We don't call her Holy Mary. She's not. All right to call her Blessed. And I'll tell you why. First chapter of Luke. The Lord is now conceived. The Lord is now in. That holy thing is now in the womb of a Virgin Mary. She has a cousin that's about three months with child of one named, that will be named John the Baptist. So Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. And when Mary got there, at just the salutation of Mary, John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb Jumped. What, what is rejoicing? <laughs> Jumped. For joy. That's rejoicing my friend. The very definition of the word. Jumping for joy. There John the Baptist leaped. I think. The women in the congregation, the mothers have been able to bear children. Not all have, and I understand. But you have a special blessing that we as men can only wonder about. I have never felt life, natural life, another natural life in me. I have no idea what it feels like to have a child move in your womb. My wife tried to explain it to me. She said, well, Sonny, it's like a butterfly fluttering inside of you. What you talking about? <laughs> I remember she never knew what it felt like until she felt it. So there we were. In, I'm time. I'm not going to get anywhere I'm going. There we are in Mississippi, just she and I, 
little old house out in the woods, three roomed house out in the piney woods of Mississippi, outside of Oxford, Mississippi, uh, 200 miles from any family, maybe not quite that much, but almost. Kids, I'm what, 20, I don't know how it was, 22, something like that. Sharon, 20. And I'm sleeping and she's not in bed and I wake up. And I said, what's wrong? She says, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling strange. I said, what, what do you mean? She says, well, I, I, I can't explain it to you. I said, how far are these pains apart? Oh, about two minutes. <laughs> we were 20 minutes from the Oxford Hospital. I, I don't know why I'm telling you this. I bought a new car, or we had, well, no, I hadn't. I put down payment on a car and was paying for a new car, Ford Torino. And I was looking forward to opening that thing up on that highway and let her fly. I thought if I'd ever have a reason to get to speed, that would be one. We got on that two-lane road, and, man, I started opening it up. She said, Sonny, you're going to have to slow down. What? <laughs> I won't make it if you do like that. I'm going to, we'll have that baby in this car. Whoa, I slowed down. But my point is, this was not an ordinary baby moving in a woman, in, her, in his mother's or her mother's womb. This child leaped for joy. And Mary's getting ready to explain that to Elizabeth. Luke. First chapter, 46, verse. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced. There it is. There it is. The leaping for joy. There it is. Has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generation shall call me blessed. That's why I say it's all right to call her blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arms. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of the hearts. He has put down mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. And you can read on and on. I really had some good things to say about this subject, but I'm out of time. We can go on and read on. point is, my friends, we have opportunity to rise up and call him blessed. I know it said call her. I'm saying calls the one that was in her blessed. One thing we saw at Rich Mountain Association was the pastor at O'Union, Elder Adam Green, did a Fabulous job moderating those services. 
on Friday night after we had a wondrous, wondrous service. Another one. <laughs> he does what he had done many times. Announced the open doors of the church, stepped down, stepped before the congregation. I was sitting by Jeb. We were singing the song, standing singing. He punched me up. And I looked, and all of a sudden, Brother Adam got a different view on his face. And I went, something's happening. He had one of his daughter-in-laws come out and walk down the aisle and join the church. Didn't hear her. She had tennis shoes on. We started singing a song, and all of a sudden we heard of high heels, and it was the other daughter-in-law. So there he's up there, having an arm around one daughter-in-law, another arm around another daughter-in-law, and before we could get up and shake hands, their two husbands were on either side of them there. And I got to brother... Adam, I looked at him and I said, Brother Adam, he looked at me and I said, payday. <laughs> Had lines just fallen on Brother Adam in pleasant places. It has to you as well. <laughs>